I want to read you one verse in Matthew chapter 24. A lot could be said about this chapter, and I'm sure there's a lot of controversy about this chapter, but everybody must agree that Matthew 24 is written in the light of last times, last days. Now friend, if you wonder if we're in the last days or not, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 that we've been in the last days since Jesus walked this earth. So we've been in the last days for a long time. But now we've entered into perilous times. We've entered into the last times according to Scripture. But I want to point out something to you here in Matthew chapter 24 and one short verse, verse number 12. The Bible says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Notice that. Look at the effect. Let's read it again. And because iniquity, that's transgressions, that's sins, that's breaking God's laws. And because iniquity shall abound, abound is to multiply. If you are observing our world, sin is multiplying. That's what the word abound is. And then he said, because of all this, the love of many shall wax cold. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all the good singing today. I thank you for the good friendship and fellowship we have together with these saints of God. Now, Lord, here we are. We've opened the Scripture this morning, and we sure do need some help. Lord, we know today without you we can do nothing. Pull everybody's attention, Lord, to what you'd have said, and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sin is multiplying. Sin is abounding. And there's, there's more sinning than there's ever been. And then there's less preaching about sin than there's ever been. When I was a young man starting out, you can ask my wife, we'd go to revival meetings and we were just newlyweds. And man, much of the preaching, most of the preaching was against sin. Storming against sin. Preaching against sin, crying aloud, sparing not. But it seems like in these days that that's not popular. It never has been popular, but it's less popular now than it's ever been before. But today I want to encourage God's men, keep the hammer down against sin. Sin is not our friend, it's not a friend to this society and the havoc that sin has brought is just unimaginable. Now here is a good illustration of what sin can do and the effects of sin even among the people of God. You know, you used to think about sinning among sinners, but now sinning has found its way to the house of God. And that ought not to be. Now notice, let's read that short verse again. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. 
God said that with all this multiplying, with all this sin that has so infiltrated our society, God said it has an effect on those that know Him. The Bible said that because of the abounding of sin, the love of many, not all, but many, shall wax cold. It's like there's a deep freeze coldness that has come into our churches. Maze Jackson, who's with the Lord, a great evangelist, used to say, if you let a Jersey milk cow down the center aisle of the average church of today, she'd be giving popsicles by the time she got to the altar. Well, that's pretty cold when a Jersey milk cow's giving popsicles. Well, brother, that's just about where we are. I'm afraid the average church today, uh, the name on the sign should be Jack Frost and the first church of the deep freeze because that's where we've come to. You see, sin is abounding. It's having a blizzard effect. It's having a freezing effect. It's having a frozen effect in the house of God. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to freeze over. I don't want my Christian life to be like a freezer. I want my Christian life to be like a furnace, uh, to be like a fire. And God said that His ministers are a flame of fire. That's not just preachers. That's His ministers. That's His servants. That's His people. And we ought to be like a flame of fire. You know, thinking about how cold it is this morning outside, it's nice that preparation has been made inside so we could be warm. Did you know just like in the physical, the spiritual, there must be preparation to stay warm? Amen. Now we got electric heat at the house. It does real good till you get down below 30 degrees. And then we got backup heat for that. You see, we've all made some kind of preparation to keep ourselves warm during this cold winter time. But spiritually, I'm afraid we've neglected the importance of keeping ourselves warm. There's a medical term called hypothermia. It is the, decre the decrease in normal body temperatures and due to the cold you can suffer hypothermia. Your body temperature starts going down. And if you don't get it reversed, hypothermia can kill you. You can freeze to death. I got that on my mind, Brother Jimmy. Hypothermia. Getting cold. People freezing to death, dying because of the cold. And I did a little research on that hypothermia. And I found out in the spiritual, it runs a parallel with the physical. The very same thing that happens to a person who's freezing to death physically happens to a person spiritually when they allow the effects of sin to control their lives. 
This morning I've got an unusual topic, but I'm preaching on spiritual hypothermia. Spiritual hypothermia. The decrease in body temperatures because of the cold. Now my preaching will be simple because it's not hard to understand getting cold. It's not, un- it's not hard to understand the effects of cold. But first of all, let me start here. When you think about hypothermia, 50% of the heat lost from the human body is lost through the head. Have you noticed over the last several years when a newborn is born into this world, they immediately put a little cap on it or a toboggan on it because they've learned that heat loss is great through the head. Now friends, we better wake up this morning because I'm telling you where the heat loss is coming from, it's coming from the head. Think about, you know your head is full of holes? Do you know that? That's why that cold gets in. You've got seven holes in your head. What about that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Man, our heads are full of holes. And then some people want to pierce them and put more holes. Well, friend, I believe we got enough. Can someone say amen? But I'm telling you where the cold's getting in, getting in these holes. What about these two holes we call the eyes? That stuff you've been looking at. You see, you can't look at wickedness and ungodliness and nudity and pornography and wicked movies and stay hot for God. Because that's how you lose your heat. You lose it through your head. You lose it through your eyes. Can somebody say amen? I'm trying to be kind, but I feel a mean streak coming on. God's people have neglected the responsibility of keeping our eyes clean and keeping what we see clean for the glory of God. You wonder why our churches are so frozen? If you knew what people looked at all week long, you could see why the churches are frozen over and it's because we're losing heat right through the eyes. Amen. Some of you is ahead of me. What about them ears? When I was a little boy growing up, mom had to cover my ears all the time because I was prone for ear infection. I was prone for earaches. Still, even today, I can feel some of those effects. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You'll get in trouble if you don't keep your ears covered. You see, there's a lot of folks listening to the wrong things. Amen. All this gossip. I'm not interested in gossip. If that's all you got to say to me, just don't even talk to me. I'm not interested in gossip. Did you know a whisperer can separate friends? Do you know that's what the Bible says? And when somebody comes up to you and says, Have you heard this? Have you heard that? Hey, you just tell that crowd, My ears are not for you to send in a frozen icicle. Amen? Keep your ears clean and keep your ears warm. You know, there's a lot of folks listen to the wrong things 
on the radio. You mean you're on fire for God? You're on fire for God and listening to wife swapping, husband stealing kind of music? Oh, you're on fire for God and you're listening to liquor drinking, drug taking kind of music? I'm telling you, I don't want nothing going in my ears that don't edify me in the things of God. The kind of music I heard here today, that's what I want going in my ears. I don't need this liquor drinking, wife swapping, husband stealing kind of music. Y'all still with me, aren't you? Amen. Hallelujah. Rap. What kind of word is that? Rap. Hallelujah. I don't need no rap. I don't, listen, I've got a rock, but my rock don't roll. Can somebody say amen? My rock is Jesus, and my name's on His roll, but my rock don't roll. Amen. That's right. All this mess started, got popular back in the 50s and 60s, And if you could listen to some of that now, it is mild compared uh, to what's out there today. Friend, if I could encourage you, and I know I'm not getting far, Emma, but if I could encourage you, keep your head warm, your eyes, your ears, your mouth. Don't, hey, don't let your mouth become your destruction. Don't let your mouth become that that destroys and defies and defiles and freezes your life. My, how we need to use our mouths to glorify God. My, how we need to use our mouths to praise God. It's amazing we can talk about everything under the sun, but can't seem to find no time to talk about Jesus. Hey, I hate to bring up COVID. I know you're sick of hearing about it. But everybody knows about COVID. Everybody knows about COVID, but everybody still don't know about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? In a couple of years, the whole world knows it. And then 2,000 years, the whole world still don't know about Jesus. Let's use our mouths to praise. Quit complaining. Quit murmuring. Quit backbiting. Quit gossiping. Boy, I feel like I'm getting ready to do some preaching. Can somebody say amen? Our churches are destroyed by the tongue, by the mouth, by gossip, by bickering. Amen. You know, some folks, uh, they hear the preacher preach on Sunday morning And God bless the dear pastor, and we love our pastor so much. But then on the way home, it's fried pastor. Amen. People eat more fried preacher than they do fried chicken. Amen. I'm telling you, God help us. And then your little young'uns back there with their ears uncovered, hearing you talk about God's man, hearing you talk about God's people. I had country parents uneducated. We came up in a place called Brown Mountain Community. I grew up by the branch in a holler. Who knows what a holler is? Now, when I preach in New York, I have to explain these things. But I'm here to tell you, I grew up in a holler with country parents. And guess, there's, guess what? There's a memory that I do not have. I was raised in church, brought to church, My mama laid me on the altar. 
I think they said I was eight days old. I was a newborn. She laid me on the altar, gave me back to the Lord. That's the kind of parents I had. That didn't save me, but it sure didn't hurt me none. Say amen right there. They gave me back to God. But looking back over my childhood, me and Juanita got married when we were very young, too young. You young people, stop your ears a minute. We were only, I was 18. She was much older. She was 19. And uh, hallelujah. (laughs) I'm going to lose this service. I'm trying to be nice. But we got married. But I don't ever remember my mom and daddy running down the pastor. Never heard him. Never heard him. Boy, it got quiet there. You know, Brother Jimmy's okay, but, 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 who's known for budding? What animal in God's kingdom is known for budding? Oh, I got it, a billy goat, amen. Hey, Hey, listen, your kids are hearing all that mess. Your grandkids are hearing all that junk. Lift up God's man in front of your family. Lift up God's man in front of... Hey, some of you got lost family members. And then you go talk about something bad that happened at church. Or maybe we had a little problem at church. Or maybe we had a little division. Do you think they need to hear that? They already don't want to come. And then you tell them, hey, over to church, guess what? We had a knockdown drag out. Man, all but called the police in. Well, that's not what they need to hear. Somebody say amen. We're losing heat. We're losing warmth. We're losing out through the head. Did someone say amen? i got to move on. Boy, I have got to move on. Not only does 50% of heat loss go out the head, but number two, the first stages of hypothermia always are displayed in small members like fingers, toes, earlobes, things that are small, things that may not seem to be that important. You see, your human body's designed, if you're way out in the cold and, and it's not looking good for you, your body will start shutting down blood supply to small extremities to keep the blood flowing to the major stuff. You know what happens every time to a person who gets cold on God? It always starts with little things. It always starts with tiny little things. Little things like reading your Bible. Little things like a consistent prayer life. Little things like being faithful to the house of God. My, these little things may not seem that important, but they're indicators. They're indicators that there's a big problem that's coming and you're getting ready to freeze over. You know a person who's starting to suffer from hypothermia physically? You know, they'll have what is called apathy. You'd think they would care and get concerned But the colder they get, the more they get unconcerned. 
Have you noticed that about people around the house of God? You ever just want to shake somebody and say, Hey, what's wrong with you? Wake up! But I'm telling you, the colder you get, the less you care. And that's exactly where so many people are. I see parents, they've got so cold on God that they don't even realize the effect that's having on their children. They, the children, listen, you, you can make them say things, you can make them do things, but you can't make them believe in you. The only way they'll believe in you if you're the real thing and you're not phony baloney is because you have put the Lord first and they observe that in their lives. Amen. Just don't care. Don't care who the kids run with. Don't care what the kids listen to. Don't care what the children watch. Getting quiet, isn't it? Amen. Sound like somebody might be getting cold. Because when you get cold, you just don't care. When you get cold, you just don't care. If you cared, you'd look for a fire. If you cared, you'd look for the furnace. If you cared, you'd look for the heat. But when you start getting cold, You just don't care. I pastored much of my ministry. I've pastored for 30 years. I've been around people and I've just watched them get colder and colder. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? Don't you see what it's doing to you? Don't you see what it's doing to your marriage? Don't you see what it's doing to your children? Don't you see how it's affecting your church? God help us, friends. This thing of Getting cold, you just don't care. There's one I'll mention quickly. We may not be familiar with this term, but it's called stupor. It's it's like a person that's drunk, or like a person who's exhausted, or like a person on drugs, and they get to a place where they're not thinking right. They're just not thinking right. Now you show me somebody cold on God, I'll show you somebody that's not thinking right. You see, if you're warm, just like all the preparation to keep this building warm, somebody was thinking right. Somebody had the right idea to get this building warm. But friend, when you're freezing over, you're not thinking right. You don't care what's cold, what's hot. You're just floating down life's way without any interruption. Man, I'm trying not to be mean, but this thing of spiritual hypothermia. Did you know when a person has physical hypothermia and before they die, before they die of it, they have been known to hallucinate. They've been known to see mirages. For instance, imagine laying face down in snow and you're in a blizzard and you're getting colder and colder. And all at once you hear the squeak of a door and you look up and say, Man, I didn't know there was a cabin. And many have said they saw the smoke coming out the chimney. People coming out on the porch that claim to be your friend saying, Hey, 
Come on with us. Come on over here. And then with your last ounce of strength, you get up, start making your way to the cabin. Start making your way to your friends. And then just before you get there, it all disappears. And it was never there to begin with. Young person and adults, you better be careful with that crowd that's telling you to come on. That crowd that's urging you to come on. Because when you get in their presence, they're going to disappear. You're going to find they were not your friend at all. Let me tell you about a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let me tell you about a friend you can depend on. He'll never disappear. He'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. And his name is Jesus hallucination young person it may look so good to you to go in that direction but it's all a mirage it's all hallucination it's just taking you further and further down the road of destruction can the church say amen Amen. this one might be hard to believe But when a person is suffering from hypothermia, over 25% of people that are dying in the cold, you're not going to believe what they do. They start stripping their clothes off. What about that? Somehow in their mind, although they're freezing, they think they're hot. And they think they're even, some have even said they thought they were on fire. And they start stripping off their clothes only to make the effects worse. Because without the clothes, the freezing has a greater grip and a greater hold. And I know this may not be the right time to preach on wearing clothes right here in dead winter. But I don't understand guys with shorts and flip-flops wearing a big winter coat. Do y'all understand that? Come on. I see it all the time. I'm thinking, man, looks like you brought some of that warmth on down. God help us this morning. You know I'm right. You know it's right. You You show me a person on fire for God that's always stripping down nearly naked and going out in this world. I, I can't tell you of one. I don't know any. Because God's people on fire for the Lord and warm in their hearts, they want to keep clothes on. Whoop, go, I knew that would be a stinger. But hey, why do you strip off your clothes? Why do you do that? You're not thinking right. Amen. You ought to be modest in your appearance. Modest in your apparel. I tell ladies, God gave you two collarbones. He meant for you to hook your garment on it. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Some poor ladies, God bless their hearts, they come in, they got their dress upside down because it's low at the top and it's high at the bottom. And it should be high at the top and low at the bottom. Can somebody help me out? You know I'm telling it right. Amen. You know I'm telling it right. God help us. Are you freezing to death? Are you suffering from this matter of... It's called paradoxical undressing because it's such a paradox. Here you are freezing 
and taken off clothes. You know, that's a sad, sad situation to be in. Let me give you this one. I've seen this, Pastor, you've seen this. It's called terminal burrowing. Y'all are all familiar with how an animal hibernates. They go into hibernation, isolation. Do you know it's much like that when a person who's cold on God, they start isolating themselves from all the fellowship that could help keep them warm. Now you just mark it down. When people who used to love to rub shoulders with God's people and used to love the fellowship with God's people, and then all of a sudden, they don't want to be around nobody. All of a sudden, they want to isolate themselves. You can call it what you want to. I'm telling you what it is. It's called hypothermia. They've got so cold, they've buried themselves up in a hole somewhere, not understanding the importance and the warmth of the friendship and the fellowship of the people of God. Whether we want to admit it or not, we need one another. Ain't none of us arrived, we know that. But hey, we need each other. Do you know iron sharpeneth iron? I can get around your pastor a little bit. We don't even have to be in any kind of discussion about anything. Just being together. We sharpen each other. That's what we're supposed to do. Iron sharpeneth iron. But when you pull away from all the godly influence in your life and you start burying yourself in a mountain of ice and snow, you're in a bad kind of way. I've carried you down this road quick as I could. Step by step. That's the last step, by the way. That burrowing, terminal burrowing, when you are like an animal in hibernation. There is still some hope here because the person's still alive. Now that person freezes to death, all hope's gone. But this person is still breathing, although they're isolated. Although they have got away from all godly influence, they're still alive and they're still breathing. Their only hope now is rescue. That's the only hope. They can't get out of that hole they've dug. They're not ever going to get out on their own. They're going to die right there. They're going to die right there. We can be critical and be hard on people, but God said in Galatians 6:1, Brethren, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. In the spirit of meekness, not the spirit of pride and arrogance. In the spirit of meekness. You know why Paul said that? He said, because considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You ever thought about that person in bad shape? You may be worse than them had you had to go through what they went through. And if you got some spiritual insight and you got some humility about you, maybe you can crawl down in there, help that one that ain't coming out on their own, and restore them in the spirit of meekness.
Something I remember growing up in the days of revivals. I mean real revivals. Revivals when they would plan the baptizing. Plan a baptizing the next week and they ain't even had the meeting yet. Well, we'll baptize next Sunday at 2 o'clock. Ain't even had the meeting. Nobody's saved yet. But they believe somebody's going to get saved. And people did get saved. I got baptized in the river. I'd say there's probably 20 of us in that river. We was holding hands, making our way out. My, my, I miss those days. Now we hear about a baptism every now and then, every once in a while. Friends, it all not be that way. We used to hear about people getting saved. I'll tell you something else we used to hear about. We used to hear about people getting restored. I mean, people that's already been saved but they've dug a hole and they're almost gone and there ain't no coming back unless somebody goes and gets them. You might can think of somebody, hey, I could open up a forum and let y'all talk. Anybody know somebody used to go to this church? Don't say nothing. Anybody know somebody who used to sing a special? Anybody know somebody who used to teach a class or preach a sermon and they're not even in church at all? Well, friend, it wouldn't hurt to show a little love and kindness and let them know that there is forgiveness. See, the devil's worked on them so bad they don't think there's no forgiveness for them. But thank God there is. And I've seen a few restored through the years. You get one restored you probably won't have to ever restore them again because they've done saw what sin has done, how it's broke up their lives into millions of pieces. Because iniquity shall abound. It's everywhere. The love of many shall wax cold. Now this is going to be a hard invitation if you're full of pride. But I want to ask you something. Only you know this. Maybe your immediate family may know. But only you know if you're not as hot and fervent for God as you one time were. Friend, what you need to do before you get way out there in the point of no return is get back to the fire. Get back to the furnace. Some of you, your fingers are already numb. Your earlobes are numb. Your toes are numb. Small things, little things are already numb. We've got to get back to the fire. We've got to get back to the heat.